Welcome to GrishaCast, episode 24. In this episode, we are covering chapters 17, 18, and after from the book Ruin and Rising. This is your host, Eric. And I'm Terry. From Nashville, Tennessee, this is your podcast for all things Grishaverse. A world created by the wonderful Lee Bardugo. Hey, Wel- y'all. Welcome, Moise of casters. We're back. Mm-hmm. For the end. Yeah. Who do we want to thank for listening? We want to thank our peeps in Stein Andertron, Germany. Woohoo! And then all those wonderful queens and peeps up in New York City, New mm-hmm. York. And Daventry, England. Woohoo! That's awesome. It is. <clears throat> I love seeing those bright little dots all around the map. It makes me so very happy. Warms my cold little heart. Well, thank you all so much for listening. It's awesome to know that we've just got listeners from all over. It's so neat. Through this whole trilogy. Yeah. It, it, it's we're really incredible. End. It's exactly. And we're about to start a duology. Yeah, we is, are. Which is really popular, too. So, And that, speaking of the end, end times, quarantined. What are you doing during your quarantine? <laughs> um, other than working, um, watching a little thing called Tiger King. I'm sure y'all have watched that. If you haven't, you should. I'm trying to get dear Eric here and Chris. I think Chris would actually enjoy it a whole lot um, to watch this wonderful, splendid train wreck of a show that you just can't keep your eyes off of. We will start it. What's it on? It is on Netflix. Okay. Well, perfect. It well, is fantastic. Well, we will start that. That's awesome. I um, I've been watching Jamestown. Yes, I need to start that. On TBS. Yes. It's incredible. I... Amazon did like some kind of weird free thing where they like took like a couple different like I guess seasons for some shows and you could watch the whole season for free and um that was one of them. So I watched the first season and now I had to buy the second and third season. Of course. Yeah, Chris was like <laughs> it was just a couple of days I was like I need that code again. He's <laughs> like, "Why?" I was like, "Well, I'm already on season 3." And he's like, "Already?" It's called binging. Yes, and it's a good show. It's cool. Yeah, I'm binging, and also RuPaul's Drag Race is back on. Yes. So that's fun to watch. Watching that, I've gone back and watched Dragula on Netflix, which is, um, it's interesting. It's something that would make me look away where I can't watch it because it's so disgusting. You know it's bad. Um, and also, I will definitely recommend watching Handmaid's Tale during this time. Oh my God! Yeah, we've I know. started that from the beginning again, really? and um, yeah, it's a little Whoa. terrifying. And um, Jeff bought me the book, so I've started oh. reading the book too. Oh, that's a crazy show! It yeah. is, but it's also very scary in like today's times to like see the correlation of what's happening. Oh my God! It is. It absolutely is, especially when it first came out. Kind of reminds me of when American Horror Story came out, and it was the one about. I think it was cult or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Because um, that was the one that was, it was like right after the election or something. And it was about the election, like kind of about the, it was mm-hmm. just, it was crazy to see stuff like that. It's um so weird. You know what I noticed is, um so Netflix has done this new thing where they show, I guess, like the top 10 things being viewed oh, on yeah. Netflix. And what cracked me up is on this list, 
is outbreak and pandemic and pandemic. Yes. yes. Like people are watching shows about diseases being spread. I hope nobody is watching <laughs> outbreak and thinking like that is all correct information right. of what's going to happen. Oh, my but God. But guess what's number one? What? Tiger King. Oh. It's number one. Okay, well, we'll watch it. Is it a show or a movie? It's a it's a limited series show. It's only got seven episodes in it. Okay. Well, it's we can... kind of like that um, How to Make a Murderer like kind of show where it like takes like somebody's life that is in prison and it kind of goes through like what put them there. But it is an absolute train. Like you've never met these like people like this before in your life. And it is just amazing. Okay, we will do that. And I don't want to spoil it for you, so I'm not going to say much more. But you, and especially Chris, I think, would just love it. And there's a there's a little story between the three of us, a little inside joke, y'all. Sorry, but ooh-wee, I'm telling you, it's along <laughs> those lines. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, <clears throat> so I'm okay with any kind of show. Chris hates limited series. He hates, like, watching a show and then finding out there's not another series series or well, season but this doesn't have like a long made up like storyline like it it's actually like the story of like a beginning and an end so it doesn't it can't go anywhere um so it's, it's basically just like a little documentary well, on the good. thing that happened the last mini series like or special series that we watched was on hbo and it was called the outsider and it's new um like i mean it just ended and Chris and I watched it because it seemed like one of those, like, mystery cop shows. And then all of a sudden I was like, this is kind of getting a little scary. Well, then I noticed in the – excuse me. I'm sorry, guys. Um, I noticed that all of a sudden, like, part of the cast was um, Stephen King helped write it. Oh, well, there you go. It's one of his stories. Ah. So it is um, horrifying. But good. Watch it. Um, There's a lot of good stuff out there to watch, I think, And give us suggestions. Yes, I Tell need. Tell us what to watch. I need so many. I really do because I'm kind of going back, um, just trying to watch something I enjoy. I've I've started AJ and the Queen for the third time. Wow. Well, that's a good show though. That is so good. So bad. It's so sad it got canceled. Yes. But, but anyways, we've also got this coming soon, so that's going to be I incredible. Know. I um, and you know, what I've decided. I think when we find out the date. I'm I'm going to like ask for that day off because I have to watch it. <laughs> well, yeah, I, and I think you know we'll have to discuss it, but we might have to do a live on Insta or something like of our reactions as we're watching it. I oh, think that'd yeah. be so fun. Oh yeah, and so all y'all can join us and mm-hmm. we can just watch it all together. Yeah, so um, that's gonna be really exciting because I think we've said this before. Somehow we're gonna be doing during that time we're gonna have. Two episodes a week. Um, one covering, on the show. Yep, one covering the show <laughs> and one covering whatever the, we're on at the, the moment. Exactly. Yeah. So that's going to be awesome. It is going to be fun. So let's dive right on into the Grishaverse because this is the end. Oh. This, this is the exciting part. I it, felt some kind of way too reading oh, through this. Well, there's so much. There's so much. There's. It's just a lot. Um, chapter seventeen, which is. Where we started, right? Yes. It um the best chapter. That's where so much happened. Oh, get ready, y'all. Buckle in. Yeah, so let's start. So Alina wakes up and she notices Mal is already gone. 
and she gives Jenya Nikolai's ring to buy Misha, David, and Jenya safe passage across the True Sea, right? Or just just in case something goes wrong. If something around. happens. Right. So um they want to she she says take them and go to off Curvel. Right. So yeah. And then so here's this beautiful ring cost a lot of oh wait. What's their money currency? <laughs> what is their currency that they have? I don't know. It's had to have been mentioned. Probably. It's, it's had to. Hold one second. It's had to have been mentioned. So I'm going to Grisha verse currency. Because I want to know what it is. Um, so in... Well, that can't be right. It says Kirch, but Kirch is like a loc. That's a nation. That's Ketterdam. Like, so that's not right. But, um, hmm. Anyways, there's some kind of like. So it's worth a lot of money. Yeah. Or whatever they, whatever they call it. Their monies. Their money. That's going to bug me, though. What do they <laughs> call, like, Lord Kruger? Yeah, hey. I think. Yes, I think that's what it is. I think it's called Kruge or Kruga or something. And maybe it's just, it's called that and it's not mentioned until the next, um, the next book. Um, because I just think that, yeah. Anyways, who knows? If you know the answer, tweet us, let us know. And if I butchered it, you know, love me still. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying. So anyways, carrying on. It is time. It is the time. They are entering the fold time. Shit is getting real. So, I have got a quote. Okay? I joined the other Ethereal-Kai, Zoya, Nadia, Adric, and Harsha. It felt somehow right that we should be the first to enter and that we should do it together. The squalors raised their arms, summoning current and dropping the pressure as Zoya had done back in the caves. My ears crackled as they layered the acoustic blanket. If it didn't hold, Harsha and I were ready to summon light and fire to drive the Volcra back. We spread out in a line, and with measured steps, we entered the darkness of the fold. End quote. Bum, bum, bum. <clears throat> yeah, so they are ready, and... It's just so interesting to imagine this. Just everybody's got their own, like, I don't know, picture of it in their head. I just picture this huge, dark black cloud that obviously when you walk inside, you can't see a single yeah. thing. So that's scary. Um, it's going to be kind of neat to see how they do that. Yeah, it's going to be real. I'm looking forward to, like, the special effects part of this. Absolutely. So, um... They keep walking into this in complete darkness, um, but they're protected by the squalor's like little trick, I guess. Um, it's not really trick; their power. Alina can sense the darkling, even though she can't see him yet. So that's kind of horrifying. Yeah, but you also know, <clears throat> like, as she doing, he can do the exact same thing. Like they're tethered together. Yeah. So you know that they're sensing each other. Yeah, but they don't know. Like, I mean. They know they're there, but obviously it's a bit, it's huge. Yeah, and you don't know exactly where either because as she whispers hello, the others answer back, we hear you, 
and she can't sense where they are because of what they've done to like the atmosphere. Exactly, with the pressure and everything. Mm-hmm. Like they've yeah, so they can hear each other like perfectly. So you can kind of like you kind of sense it, but you have no idea mm-hmm. where these things are coming from. Nope. So um here's another quote. Um and these quotes are just really important. That's why I've got them in here. We kept moving. Two clicks later, we stopped and took up our positions to wait. As soon as we sighted the darkling skiff, we'd have to move quickly. My thoughts turned to him. Cautiously, I tested the tether that bound us. Hunger quaker through me with the palpable force. He was eager, ready to unleash the power of the fold, ready for a fight. I felt it too. I let it echo back to him, that rush of anticipation, that need. I am coming for you, end quote. So two clicks, like, I mean, so that that's two miles, right? Isn't clicks, like, I mean, in the army, like, isn't that a mile? I think it is. Yes. Um, so they've tra- so they've just walked in complete dark darkness. Yeah, she said one click, and then 10 minutes later, a double click. So a double click is a mile. Yeah. So they've. Yeah, so, so they've, they've gone two miles because they've heard two clicks twice. Yes, so that's a lot of walking in the complete darkness. Yes, without any light or anything. Yeah, at this point, she still hasn't summoned anything. I'm just saying, I am blind at night, <laughs> right? So <laughs> you're walking I, around with your hands in front of your face. I get up multiple times throughout the night. Chris sleeps throughout the entire night. I get up multiple times, and. Even though I know the hallways, where the doors are, that there's nothing in the way, I still have my hands out just in case because I think something's there. It is crazy. So, so. You don't, you're saying you don't want to walk two miles in the pitch blackness? No, nope. <laughs> I couldn't do that. No. So finally, they see the, dark, the Darkling Skiff, and it's got its Lumia. It's covered with that, like... Lumia magic or whatever. It's a violet light. Yes. Um, but going al- going along with their plan, Alina illuminates the fold and hiding her soldiers with her bending the light. So she's now like, well, I'm going to use my little trick. Mm-hmm. We're about to be invisible. Mm-hmm. So they are. The Darkling slows his skiff, looking for Alina. Meanwhile... The soul dot soul open fire. So here we go. We're we're starting some battle, taking out the Oprichniki guards while the squallers send a blast of sand at the skiff, giving cover for Alina, Tamar, and Tolia to sneak onto the skiff and res- and try to rescue the students. So they do. The soldiers on the skiff are terrified, but the Darkling could care less. So he's like battle time. Then two more Darkling skiffs come into view. So that's that's new. So we've got some more. Yeah, so he has a little army built up. But it also, as it went through, as I was reading through, it also seemed like there were more. That there were supposed to be more, but these were the only two that made it through. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, because, I mean, it, it can't be easy to get through there. And I'm sure, like, people are horrified of being on there because just taking the chance of going on to into the fold just the chance you get you have the chance of dying yes 
because you can't if you're heard you're screwed oh yeah absolutely and the the people on the deck um keep thinking malini malini they they're saying that they're like it's like ghosts because they can't see them but all these things are happening (laughs) yeah absolutely so there's a problem. Alina can't find the students anywhere. Mm-mm. And then she gets struck by a bullet. She gets shot. Shit. Alina struggles to keep summoning her light, though. Um, How do you even do that? I don't know. And especially with a wound, that is not going to be easy. So um, Nikolai comes to... So here's here's kind of something cool. Nikolai comes to rescue uh with volcra to attack the nichevoya because the nichevoya grabbed tamar yes so there's a nichevoya that's like holding on to tamar and so now nikolai has got like some kind of little like that's just kind of cool that he's able to like help and try to rescue he saves the day well not totally but he saves tamar absolutely Unfortunately, Alina falters enough for the Darkling to spot her now and knock her down, causing her to lose hold of her light. So it goes black. So that is actually where we start our first scene. This is where the Darkling and Alina speak finally. Okay? So, are you ready for that, girl? I am ready. Okay. So, um, obviously, Terry's going to be playing Alina. I will be (laughs) playing the Darkling. So... Curtain up. There you are, he said in his cool, cut-glass voice. Hello, Alina. The light collapsed. Darkness crowded in, lit only by the eerie flicker of violet flame. I grunted as the darkling's boot ground down on on the bones of my arm. Where are the students? I gritted out. They aren't here. What did you do to them? They're safe and sound back in Krebirs, probably having their lunch. His Nichevoya circled around us, forming a perfect, protective dome that shifted and writhed. Wings, talons, hands. I knew the threat would be enough. Did you really believe I would endanger Grisha children when we've lost so many? I thought... I thought he was capable of anything... He wanted me to believe, I realized, when he'd shown me Botkins and Anyakuya's corpses. He'd wanted me to believe in his ruthlessness. Then I remembered his words from so long ago. Make me your villain. I know what you thought. What you've always thought of me. It's so much easier that way, isn't it? To puff yourself up with your own righteousness. I didn't invent your crimes. This wasn't over yet. All I needed was to reach the flint in my sleeve. All I needed was a spark. It might not kill either of us, but it would hurt like hell, and it might buy the other's time. Where is the boy? I have my summoner. I want my tracker, too. Mal was still just a tracker to him, thank the saints. My good hand curled into my sleeve, brushed the edge of the flint. I won't let him be used, I said. Not as leverage, not as anything. On your back the faithful dying around you, and yet you remain defiant. He yanked me to my feet. Two Nichevoya slid into place to restrain me as the flint slipped out of my grasp. The darkling shoved the fabric of my coat aside, his hands sliding down my body. 
My heart sank as his fingers closed over the first pack of blasting powder. He pulled it from my pocket, then quickly located the second. He sighed. I can feel your intent as you feel mine, Alina. Your hopeless resolve, your martyr's determination, I recognize it now. The tether. An idea came to me then. It was the smallest chance, but I would take it. The Darkling tossed the packs of blasting power to Anichevoya, who arced away with them into the darkness. He watched me with cool gray eyes as we waited, the sounds of the battle muffled by the whirring of the shadow soldiers around us. A moment later, a shattering boom sounded from somewhere in the distance. The Darkling shook his head. It may well take me another lifetime to break you, Alina, but I will put my mind to the task. End scene. Whew. I just love when they talk. <laughs> um, just because, I mean, she's, she's gotten a lot stronger through the books with her communication yeah, with him. She's standing up for herself more. Absolutely. She doesn't take it, like, I mean, she doesn't take a shit, in other words. Right. And she she's got information she knows she knows a lot about him mm-hmm. um and i mean well my, they have that tether now yeah and she knows his backstory she knows his name yeah so yeah there's a, there's just a lot there there's a uh there's a relationship there and it's funny it's crazy to think back on the first book when like just think back the very first chapter almost or maybe it's the second chapter where he's in the coach yeah like i mean just and she's just like on the on the road and like she gets almost gets run over by his coach and then zoya like peeks out uh-huh. <laughs> think about where we are now mm-hmm. that's just so crazy it is so alina has learned to use the tether against him and uses it to appear i guess in front of him um uninjured raising her hands to use the cut but the Darkling reacts, bringing Nietzschevoya closer to him to protect himself, giving Alina a little bit of time to escape. She wraps herself in Lumia and this act- and escapes into the darkness. So this is perfect. Um, this is where, actually, we start scene two. I know. <laughs> we, all our scenes are kind of in this first part because it's just so dramatic. So scene two, uh, Alina is terry and i am playing mal so curtain up i spun mal's voice in the dark let it be a trick of sound i thought but i knew the squalor's blanket had long since been lifted how had he found me stupid question mal would always find me I gasped as he grabbed my wounded arm. Despite the pain and the risk, I summoned a weak wash of light, saw his beautiful face streaked with dirt and blood, and the knife in his hand. I recognized the blade. It was Tamar's, Grisha made. Had she offered it to him for this moment? Had he sought her out to ask for it? Mal, don't. This isn't over yet. It is, Alina. I tried to pull away, but he wrapped his hand hard around my wrist, fingers pinching together, the sharp jolt of power moving through both of us, calling me, demanding that I step through that door. With his other hand, he forced my fingers around the knife's grip. The light wavered. No! Don't let it all be for nothing, Alina. Please! 
An agonized scream rose over the clamor of the battle. It sounded like Zoya. Save them, Melina. Don't let me live knowing I might have stopped this. Mal. Save them. This once, let me carry you. His gaze locked on mine. End this, he said. His grip tightened. There is no end to our story. I knew I would never know if it was greed or selflessness that moved my hand. With Mao's fingers guiding mine, I shoved the knife up and into his chest. The momentum jerked me forward and I stumbled. I pulled back, the knife falling from both of our hands, blood spilling from the wound, but he kept his hold on my wrist. Mal, I sobbed. He coughed and blood <coughs> burbled from his lips. He swayed forward. I nearly toppled as I clutched him to me, his hold on my wrist so tight I thought the bones might snap. He gasped, a wet rattle. His full weight slumped against me, dragging me down, fingers still clenched, pressed against my skin as if he were taking my pulse. I knew when he was gone. End scene. So that was just really dramatic that all of a sudden we've got Mal sacrificing himself and Alina having to do it, which is just, I mean, well, together. Yes. But it's just, it's still like, I mean, I think that's a big, I think that's a big moment because Mal <laughs> yes. has been looked at throughout this entire series as like, just like, I don't know. It's just... kind of needy. Yes. And now he is the one that sacrifices himself to be able to save everybody. Yes. Um, I am not an emotional person, but let's just say, and it, it, it's an emotional week for this girl. I'll just, I'll just put it that way. <laughs> and uh, bad time to be reading this. And, I bet. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, my eyes got, you know, a little wet. And uh, I was like, no, I'm sorry, Mal, I didn't mean it. I take everything back I ever said about you. Yeah, because, I mean, they were just, they were left with no other option. I honestly, I mean, I knew because he was the third amplifier, like something was going to have to happen. Right. But I did not ever, 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 ever once think that she would actually kill him yeah i remember when i was first reading it i was thinking maybe they'd like cut off his hand yes that there would be something. something like she'd she'd make a bracelet with his blood in it or like something like right. and she would just have to keep draining him for fresh blood but like i don't but know why i don't know why my brain went there but well but something like i never ever ever thought that she would actually kill him so it was an actual shock for me which doesn't happen very often well yeah and then it goes along with the rules we forgot you have to kill that yes. that amplifier. Yes, so, to take its power. Yeah. So then I've got uh, a quote just because I I love it. And this actually happens right after the last line that Terry read, I knew when he was gone. So here's the quote. And real quickly also, this is just so beautiful and cool. So here's the quote again. For a moment, all was silent, a held breath. And then everything exploded into white fire. A roar filled my ears, an avalanche of sound that shook the sands and made the very air vibrate. I screamed as power flooded through me, as I burned, consumed from the inside. I was a living star. I was com 
combustion. I was a new son born to shatter air and eat the earth. I am ruined nation. The world trembled, dissolved, crashed in on itself, and then the power was gone. End quote. So. Yeah, what? So many, <laughs> so much feels right there. I love the writing. Yes. Um, just because it's it's just amazing. Um, I know that we've heard I Am Ruined Nation before, but hearing it from Melina at this point just really touches me. It really does. This was like the most like roller coaster within two lines ever. Mm-hmm. Yep. When all of this like power just like rushes in and it's like this. You just expect this like huge like of light, and she's like, "I am ruination," and then it's gone. Yeah, what? it it's, what? It's crazy power. All of a sudden, everything has come together, and then poof, it was gone. Just as quickly as the power comes, it disappears. So let's let's go on. Alina sees that everyone is still fighting, and um, as soon as she tries to summon her power she still try she finds an she feels an em- kind of like an empty shell of where her power used to be so i like that because it explains it where like i guess her power used to almost be like a part inside her where she could feel it well now where she used to feel it it just feels empty uh it's an empty space alina is so confused on why she is now powerless and starts thinking to herself of why. So, here we go. Here's why. Here's this quote. What is infinite? The universe and the greed of men. What lesson was this? What sick joke? When the darkling had toyed with the power at the heart of creation, the fold had been his reward, a place where his power was meaningless an abomination that would keep him and his country in servitude for hundreds of years. Was this my punishment then? Was Mortsova truly mad, or was he just a failure? End quote. So she's just questioning a lot, and there we go with that line again, what is infinite, mm-hmm. the universe, and the greed of men, because that's so true. Because, as we heard before, one person is not to have that much power. Yep. It's not. So now it's gone. Yeah. Because she was greedy and she went through all three of them. She does not have them. Well, And it's sad to me, too, during all this where she's just like holding on to Mal and she's like, help me. Someone help. Bring him back. Well, yeah, because she did like at this moment, she did all this. She sacrificed her love. Mm-hmm. And it and, seems and, like a failure. It seems like nothing ever ha- and nothing has happened. So All for nothing. Yep. She calls out for help. Tolia and Tamar come running to help her. Alina begs them to save Mal. But as she struggles with the grief that all her greed and all her sacrifice seemed for nothing, she she looks out into the fold and what does she what does she see? Light. She she sees light. She sees light. Which is so interesting. I mean, imagine all of a sudden just looking out and seeing light. Where's it coming from? Exactly. So um, here's a quote just describing everything that happened and what we saw. Then I saw it, 
a light in the distance, a gleaming blade that pierced the dark. Before I could make sense of it, another appeared, a bright point that became two broad beams sweeping high and wild above me. A torrent of light burst from the darkness just a few feet away from me. As my eyes adjusted, I saw Vladim, his mouth open in a shock and confusion as light poured from his palms. I turned my head and saw them sparking to life, one by one across the fold, like stars appearing in a twilight sky. Soldat Sol and a Preachniki, their weapons forgotten, their faces baffled, awed, terrified, and bathed in light. The Darkling's words came back to me, spoken on a ship that sailed the icy waters of the Bone Road. Mort Zova was a strange man. He was a bit like you, drawn to the ordinary and the weak. He'd had an Otkazatsia wife. He'd nearly lost an Otkazatsia child. He'd thought himself alone in the world, alone in his power. Now I understand. I saw what he had done. This was the gift of the three amplifiers. Power multiplied a thousand times, but not in one person. How many new summoners had just been created? How far had Moritzova's power reached? End quote. Crazy. That was, um, yeah, that was a bit of a, a crazy-like scene. That now there's all these brand new summoners, and they were all ordinary people. Yeah, it, it's so cool because it's it's been in here where the Grisha are the special ones and the Darklings always said, oh, Kazatsia are nothing and they're just normal people, but they actually are the ones that can destroy this fold, apparently. So we're going to see that. So she notices that all the oak Kazatsia on both sides of the battle are turning into sun summoners, creating... Her power multiplied a thousand times. I love the scene of them all just like looking at their hands like, what? Yeah, it, it's so cool. Mortsova did this on purpose, obviously, not just giving the power to one special person, but to many ordinary people. Giving the power back to the people. Mm-hmm. The people, the Darkling thought, were unimportant mm-hmm. and weak. How cool. Yes. So, um... Anyways, we're going to go to our last scene for this evening. It's just the last scene. Scene three. It's the Darkling and Alina. And I'm just saying, this is, um, this is a... Hmm. It's a lot of Alina, too. Yeah, but this is a, this is a <laughs> special one. Yes. Because you'll see. So, anyways. Curtain up. The Darkling stared. He dropped, my, he dropped his arms. The skeins of darkness faded. No, he said, bewildered, shaking his head. No, this isn't... What have you done? Keep working, I ordered the twins. Alina! Bring him back to me, I repeated. I wasn't making sense. I knew that. They didn't have Moritzova's power. But Mal could make rabbits out of rocks. He could find true North standing on his head. He would find his way back to me again. I lurched to my feet, and the Darkling strode towards me. His hands went to my throat. No, he whispered. Only then did I realize the collar had fallen away. I looked down. It lay in pieces beside Mel's body. My wrist was bare. The fetter had broken, too. 
This isn't right, he said in his voice. I heard desperation, a new and unfamiliar anguish. His fingers skimmed my neck, cupped my face. I felt no surge of surety. No light stirred within me to answer his call. His gray eyes searched mine, confused, nearly frightened. You were meant to be like me. You were meant... You're nothing now. He dropped his hands. I saw the realization strike him. He was truly alone, and he always will be. I saw the emptiness enter his eyes, felt the yawning void inside him stretch wider, an infinite wasteland. The calm left him, all that cool certainty. He cried out in his rage. He spread his arms wide, calling the darkness. The Nichevoya scattered like a flock of birds flushed from a hedge and turned on the Soldat's soul and Opriniki alike cutting them down, snuffing out the beams of light that blazed from their bodies. I knew there was no bottom to the Darkling's pain. He would just keep falling and falling. Mercy. Had I ever really understood it? Had I actually believed I knew what it was to suffer, to forgive? Mercy, I thought, for the stag, for the Darkling, for us all. If we'd still been bound by that tether, he might have sensed what I was about to do. My fingers twitched in the sleeve of my coat, curling a scrap of shadow around the blade of my knife, the knife I had plucked from the sands, wet with Mao's blood. This was the only power that was left to me, one that had never really been mine, an echo, a joke, a carnival trick. It's something you took from him. I don't need to be Grisha, I whispered, to wield Grisha's steel. With one swift movement, I drove the shadow-wrapped blade deep into the Darkling's heart. He made a soft sound, little more than an exhalation. He looked down at the hilt protruding from his chest, then back up at me. He frowned, took a step, tottered slightly. He righted himself. A single laugh burst from his lips, and a fine spray of blood settled over his chin. Like this? His legs faltered. He tried to stop his descent, but his arm gave way and he crumpled, rolling to his back. It's simple enough. Light calls to like. The Darkling's own power. Moritzova's own blood. Blue sky, he said. I looked. In the distance I saw it, a pale glimmer almost completely obscured by the black mist of the fold. The Volcra were swooping away from it, looking for some place to hide. Alina? He breathed. I knelt beside him. The Nichevoya had left off their attacks. They circled and clattered above us, unsure of what to do. I thought I glimpsed Nikolai among them, arcing toward that patch of blue. Alina, the Darkling repeated, his finger seeking mine. I was surprised to find fresh tears filling my eyes. He reached up and brushed his knuckles over the wetness on my cheek. The smallest smile touched his bloodstained lips. Someone to mourn me. He dropped his hand as if the weight were too much. No grave. He gasped, his hand tightened on mine. For them to desecrate. All right, I said. The tears came harder. There will be nothing left. He shuddered, his eyelids drooped. Once more, he said. Speak my name once more. He was ancient, I knew that, but in this moment he was just a boy, 
brilliant, blessed with too much power, burdened by eternity. Alexander. His eyes fluttered shut. Don't let me be alone. He murmured, and then he was gone. End scene. I'm going to cry again. I know. I know. I know. I know. God, that's heavy. It, it it definitely was. So, um, going on, unfortunately, because we still have more to cover. He's dead, y'all. He, he is dead. The Nietzsche voyas start to dissolve, and so, so does the darkness. I mean, Zoya has to use her squalor powers with an updraft of air to save Nikolai when he falls from the sky, because all of a sudden, Nikolai... Seems to like, I guess since the Darkling's gone, it, he's kind of turning back to himself. So he's in the sky and he falls and Zoya helps kind of like save him. Yeah, all the darkness. It's like when it's like once the the um, owner of the magic or the power is gone, then it all dissolves away. So the the Nietzsche Voya are dissolving away yep. and the whatever the darkness was in Nikolai is dissolving away. Exactly. Alina Warren, the F out, <laughs> watches as the Soldat Soul use their new powers to vanquish the remaining Volcra and the last bits of darkness. The fold is finally no more. Well, not yet, with a lot of work, but it's it's on its way to being no more. What a scene. Yes. So that's how that chapter ends. We now are going into chapter 18. But... At yes. the end of chapter 17. There's always so much to cover. <laughs> Mal starts breathing again. Well, yeah, yes. Yes. So Alina, he does. He starts to breathe. Um, I feel like I, I'm, I guess I must have missed that or maybe I put it in the wrong one. Tamar sobbed, Tolia swore, and there it was again. The thready, miraculous sound of Mal drawing breath. Well, there we go. That's a very important part. So... In chapter 18, starting, Alina's friend takes her, Mal, and the Darkling's body away on the glass skiff to a farm where they patch Nikolai up and send him on his way to the First Army. Bye, Nikolai. Yep. Thanks for everything. See you later. And now they come up with a story that Nikolai was captured and beaten and tortured by the Darkling and was brought out to the fold to be executed, but was able to escape and help the Sun Summoner defeat the Darkling. Yes. At Alina's request, the story also includes that she died on the fold. Yes. Sancta Alina's martyrdom, as she puts it. Tolia would love that. (laughs) So, (laughs) Jenya and Alina's Nietzsche Voya scars start to change and kind of start to look normal now. So that's that's good. Yeah, she said she can still see scars, but like the black edges are gone. Yeah. So after some time and Alina recovers, she learns more about the battle on the fold. The power of the Sun Summoner actually went beyond the fold and every oak kazatsya it touched gained the power of this to summon light so it went past the fold like that's really kind of cool so many yes together the soldat soul destroyed the fold and the volcra nikolai 
went to the Darkling's military encampment and took over with his usual style. Zoya notes that he seems changed, haunted by something. But his cleverness and charm still win everyone over. His charismatic attitude and charm actually might even be better now, um, it's noted. Alina and Mal discuss the battle, and and they're glad they are together, but also mourning the ones they've lost, Harsha and Ruby. So, we of course, we lost people. Yeah, half of the soul at soul. Yeah. Alina feels the emptiness of her power being gone, while, Ma- while Mal feels a similar emptiness. Yeah. So... That's interesting. It is interesting because then we go back and we start putting all these pieces together mm-hmm. of all the things that he could do before. And so it, it wasn't necessarily like a Grisha power, but he had this. It was a part of him. Yeah. And it's gone now. So they're actually, they're both kind of feeling the same thing. Like their their purpose for a long time is just not there anymore. Yeah. it's it, It's gone. Mal... Mal's tracking ability and connections to nature is gone. Alina understands why it's gone, though. She thinks it's because the part of Mal that was bound to all living things was the part that was Merzos, the bit of Mortzova's inventions that he placed in all his amplifiers, including his daughter he brought back to life. That's why Alina thinks Mal is still alive, the Merzos part of him died on the fold, but Tolia and Tamar were able to bring back the other real part of Mal. Yes. So that makes sense. And like it's it's a it's a lot. It's just it's it's crazy. Mal agrees with this thought. Um, he agrees with it, and also wants everyone to think that he died on the fold as well. <laughs> so it sounds like he wants to start all over. Right, because I mean, where would he go from there? Yeah. Because he can't track anymore, so he doesn't have anything. He doesn't have any other real skills. Yeah. He wants to live with Alina forever, and she tells him as long as he can be happy with someone who stabbed him in the chest. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. As long as you're okay that I stabbed you, literally. Exactly. When Mal is well enough to travel, Genya alters Alina's appearance, and she and Mal set out with Misha, traveling across across what once was the fold, but now it's kind of like a whole new world. It is. People are celebrating and cheering, cheering for Sancta Alina and selling merchandise of replicas <laughs> of her. That's got to be weird, like little dolls that look like her. Um Thank God she doesn't, she was able to like alter herself and not look like. She's a redhead now too. Yeah, so it's perfect. She leaves Misha and Mal to go meet Nikolai at a barrack. So Tolia and Tamar meet her and escort her to him. And they're escorting her to the new king of Ravka. Nikolai has his usual charm, but she can also tell something is bothering him. He is paranoid that that it will disturb his reign and people will discover what really happened to him. He's just he's paranoid that people know what happened. That cuz I mean you got to imagine he went through a lot. He turned into a creature. Yeah. And I mean that's crazy. 
Um, Alina admits that she has heard people calling him Cole Resny, which stands for King of Scars. And in reference to the black marks he has where his talons were on his fingers. He asked her to come to Azalta with him to be his queen, of course. <laughs> He's never going to give this up. He admits that one of the real reasons he really wants her to come is because she is the only person to truly understand what it's like to have the darkness from the darkling inside him. This Merzos that keeps pulling him, pulling inside him to want more and then... He also hates it at the same time. It's just he understands that she's the only one that understands that. Has yeah. that pull. Because, I mean, like, it, it goes back and forth, obviously. It's, yeah, and there's no one that he can talk to. Like, no. being the king now with all that, like, he can't just confide in other people. No, because people would freak out. And I think he actually did like Alina. Oh, of course. Oh, absolutely. So, Alina stands firm and... Nikolai gives her the emerald and tells her to do something good with it. Maybe build something new. Um, after a long talk, Alina takes a pardon and a job proposal to Jenya, having convinced Nikolai to have Jenya, David, and Zoya be the new heads of the Second Army. I love that. That is so awesome. They it deserve is. that. Yes, they do. We also learned that the apparat has been pardoned. Yes, please fill me in on any, like, parts that I'm leaving out because I'm, yes, there's so much throughout this stuff. So you catch things, I catch things. We're here to make sure we include it all. Yeah, so the apparat is pardoned, but um, it's not um, negotiated yet whether he's going to have a place at court. Right. So now it's time to attend this funeral. Um, so Ruby who unfortunately died in the battle, um, was tailored to look like Alina. And <laughs> so Alina doesn't like this, but Tolia reminds Alina how big of a fan and believer in the son Saint Ruby was that this would actually be considered an honor to Ruby to pose as her during her funeral. And it's not just a regular funeral, it's... It's one of those funerals where they, they burn you at the pyre. Yeah. Yeah. So the Darkling is also on the pyre next to Alina while people chant and weep. Alina watches and whispers, Alexander, one last time and the flames, flames consume them. And that's the very end of that that's chapter. It. Yeah. So now we go to a really cool part. We always have an after part. And I really like the way this is written. This will just take a minute. Um, and obviously the boy and girl we're talking about, we know who that is. The boy and the girl get married in a chapel with a cat and a child as their witness. They clean up Karemzin and make it a place for children. Children are encouraged to laugh and have fun, play games, eat sweets, and have night lights to keep away from the dark. The boy charms the staff and teaches hunting, fishing, and farming, while the girl walks around barefoot, quiet, but also tells stories and paints mystical creatures on the manor walls. They're visited by Grisha. The girl is brought a blue kefta. Sometimes the girl goes missing, being hunted by something from her past. 
Not long after she disappears, the boy and the girl will be found together laughing and teasing each other. And here is the very last sentence of the trilogy. They had an ordinary life full of ordinary things, if love can ever be called that. Oh. And it's beautiful. It is. It is. So. I'm just sitting here with a big frown on my face. It's, I I just don't even know what to say. It was very it was very emotional. Um, I have on mind um, the names they gave were false ones, though the vows they made were true. Oh, yeah. So, so if you like, I mean, if you're just listening to us tell the story instead of actually reading it, I do encourage you to go back just to read after it's beautiful because it is it really is absolutely beautiful i love it's my favorite it's my favorite one like the before and afters i remember i i loved one other one but this one is this one is yes it's beautiful they always wanted a regular quote-unquote regular life and they always talked about that like going off somewhere and just being ordinary yeah. So clearly they took that huge emerald and they have their own orphanage now. Yeah, and I think it's cool that they've got their like friends and coming to help. Like Yeah, they still make an appearance. Yeah. And to me, like when I'm thinking about it, you're thinking you see these little kids and they're like probably seeing some of this sometimes of like the mysterious cool people coming to visit. Like, who is that? Right. Oh my goodness. Like I just, I don't know. I, I liked, I like that whole scene. Yeah, and it's a mystery because it's like these these kids see it. Or, Even the staff, they're like, yeah, the they don't know who these people it. are. They're like, who were these yeah. people? And it's just, I really love the fact that they are, that they just like completely changed who they were. Yes. And had the life that they wanted. They did so much for Ravka, so much. And how how humbling it is to be able to like do all that. And now just like they're giving back, like they were orphans. Yep. And so now they're giving back to other orphans and and they say that if they do show powers, they have a choice Yeah. to live ordinary lives or go study that it's up to them. They're not going to be forced to do either one. Yeah. And no one knows who they are. No one has any clue that they, even we don't know their new names. Yeah. It's amazing. It's, it is. It's, it's so, so amazing. Good. So, um, real quickly. Grisha Cast, Grisha Cast News. News. We have none. <laughs> there are none. And I just wanted to play that so badly because. One last time for this trilogy. Well, I have 4% left on my iPad, which plays that. <laughs> so that is why earlier the music stopped. My iPad was like, you nope. got no more juice. <laughs> it's like, nope. So we are just going to go ahead and turn that off. But what we really love is we got some listener thank yous. Yes, we do. So, Terry, take it away with what From you From Twitter, we would like to thank Emma Stewart. Awesome. Emma Stewart at Emma Stewart 2. Aw. Thank you so much, Emma. Yes. Thank you for loving us and being a part of it and just like responding. We, it means a lot. So um, on Instagram, we've got at Angel Kaz and at 
swan.evan. Thank you so much, and I'm just so happy that you appreciate what we do. We put so much work into this podcast. You'd be surprised um, how much work goes into a podcast. Yes. <laughs> it is it is insane. It um, We don't just get here one night and put it together. We work throughout the week putting the chapters together, the notes, the scenes, and all that, and just Whew, there's a lot. And then the producer. Oh, my goodness gracious. We need more shout outs to the producer. We do. Chris is amazing. He is the one that got all this together. We wouldn't be able to do this without him. Oh, no, absolutely not. He built our studio. Like, and you'd be surprised at how beautiful. You know what? We'll take pictures of the studio tonight and that will go on Instagram. We so should. People can see how cool this is. And my husband, this, um, by the way, what? you're going to see used to be one room filled with racks of clothes, racks of garage sale shit. Um, His mother used to collect everything and think she could sell it in a garage sale. So this was, I'm not even kidding, kidding, like completely packed. And it took years and years and years to get it out. But there is none of it left. And now we have a studio. It is a for real professional studio. It is. It really is. Like, I mean, it's I'm, impressive. I'm very impressed. Like, it is a real studio. So, um, shout yeah. out to Cruz. Shout out to Chris. Shout out to Bodie Media. Heck yeah. That is my, that is my husband. Bodie Media. Yep. So, anyways, um, Real quickly, we've got to cover what's going on. So um, we just finished the trilogy. <laughs> we just finished all three books. Yes. So um, real quickly, did you have a Fear to Mary Kill? If you didn't, it's okay. I do. I do okay. have one for you. Okay. All right. Are you ready? I am. We have Nikolai Voya. Nikolai Voya. Okay. Powerless Mal and Powerless Alina. Oh, wow. Okay. Nikolai, Voya, Alina, and Mal with no power. Yes. Okay, so I've seen pictures of who plays Mal on the show. Oh, we're going that route. Girl. All right. You didn't say there's rules. I did not. There is no rules. Mm-mm. So they just have to be part of the Grishaverse. So I am going to marry him. Ooh. Yep. And I am going to... Wait, no, no, no. Yeah. Nope. I'm going to fear it in him. And then I'm going to marry Alina. And oh. I'm... Well, oh, no, that's right. I forgot about Nikolai Voya. Like, is Nikolai Voya... When is he, like, I mean, is this when he is, like... A Nichevoya beastie thing, yes. Okay, so he's not, like, trying to be Nikolai right now. It's just when that darkness is in him. Oh, And wow. he's got wings and claws. And hungry. Yes, and hungry. Okay, so I have to kill him because he's going to try to eat me. <laughs> when he When he finally, like, starts to, like, learn a little bit more and doesn't want to, like, eat me, <laughs> we'll change that around. But um, I'm going to Fjord and Mal and marry Alina. Okay. So 
anyways, we are taking a small little break. Um, I hope you understand. We have been doing this podcast every single week since October. Let's see. What was it like? October. Okay. So like October 17th, I think. Yeah. So of last year. <laughs> okay. So that has been an every single week besides the couple times where we haven't been able to do it. But that's been few and far between. So truthfully, I'm exhausted, and I know Terry is too. Um, We need just a little bit of break, especially with everything going on. So we're just going to take a two-week break. Is that what we decided? Yes. Okay. So um, the cool thing about what's going on is we are going to start Six of Crows next. So... April 17th will be our next, is when you can expect our next podcast. And we will be covering chapters one through three of Six of Crows. So put that on your calendar. And the other exciting thing about that is that you should be able to watch us. I'm so scared of that. (laughs) But on. YouTube. Some platform, YouTube, etc. Um, but I it is going to be very terrifying for us and a, a brand new adventure for us, but it is very exciting. Yes, we're um we're reaching out and um so yeah, so we are starting Six of Crows, which is if you've never read any of Lee Bardugo's stuff, this is totally different than what you what we just did. This has different characters, a different story, and but it's in the Grishaverse world, and it is very popular. I think it, it truthfully, I, I, won't, I don't know how, I don't know whether I want to say that or not. There's just some people, there's a lot of people that love Six of Crows, and it's a duology. There's Six of Crows and then Crooked Kingdom, and um, people absolutely love these characters. Um, her writing style develops here this is where she develops her writing style and continues it throughout the rest of her books which is kind of neat because in in what we just read it was all like everything was alina's perspective well now each chapter is a different perspective from a different character and it's the the name of the chapter is the name of a character and that's who you're seeing the eyes through of the story. It's very cool, and it's part of Ketterdam, which is, like, the crazy, like, just, like, dark and... What was the term I used that I like? Steampunk. Steampunk. Yeah. So, get ready. Six of Crows is amazing. I'm so excited because I've only read Six of Crows once, so I'm so excited to dive right back in. And, yeah, so... Chapters 1 through 3, be ready. April 17th, you will hear it. We will be here. And, um, yeah, that's all I Keep sending us your questions and suggestions for uh, Miss Bardugo's appearance on our podcast. Yes, because we, yes, definitely. Um, Coming up soon, we really are going to have to have those questions. Email us. So. Info. uh, at com or DMS on our socials. Yes, um, the sooner the better. On April 17th, I will have a date that you need to get us the information by, but I'm just going to let you know. It's going to be 
it's not going to be a lot of time because we're going to be running pretty close um, just because of scheduling. So anyways, let's do this. We are ready and, you know, long live the Grishaverse and uh, thanks no, for this ride. Yeah. No mourners, no funerals. So bye. Bye. This has been GrishaCast. Connect with us on the web at GrishaCast.com. Send an email to info at GrishaCast.com. Follow us on Instagram at GrishaCast, Twitter at GrishaPodcast, and Facebook at GrishaCast.